This is the Schnitt Show. Hour two of the show, second to nine. Wow, over 20 years. And Brother Todd will uh, march out talking when next month comes to an end. Oh, this week, well, Brother Todd is on vacay. He will be back next week. Tomorrow behind the mic, it's my old pal from the heartland, Greg Knapp. And then I'll rejoin you on Thursday and Friday. And me? Well, I'm uh, former United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth of Arizona. Or as I often joke, the recovering congressman. Because once you serve there, well, it is a real edumacation. But, but, uh, I, I, it, it was a great honor. It really was. But, um, well, sometimes it, uh, it doesn't work to your advantage in polite company. Uh, just so you know about that. Uh, a bit later this hour, you know about the golden rule, but you probably don't know about the gold water rule. I will share that with you. And in our final hour, uh, the three letters denoting a government agency that irritates Americans to no end. And no, it's not the IRS. It's not the FBI or the DOJ. But as soon as you and I start talking about that and I reveal the letters to you, it'll be one of those, oh, yeah, moments. That's coming up next hour. This hour, uh, just as it says across the front of our National Archives, the amazing place that houses both the original copy of the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution and George Washington's inaugural address written in his own hand and so many other pieces of American memorabilia. There across the front of the National Archives are the words, what is past is prologue. And that's a good way to look at our history and even our immediate history. Last hour, you and I closed out with... um, the fact that the New York Post editorially is saying freeze Hunter's plea deal until we know which prosecutors lied to save him. I shared a portion of that editorial with you. Heck, when you and I got together last Friday, I was saying the judge in charge better stop that slap on the wrist plea deal. And as we pointed out from the New York Post editorials, from the words there, uh, the editorialists are saying either Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss was lying to the IRS team investigating Hunter Biden, or Attorney General Merrick Garland lied to Congress. Here is breaking news. Second whistleblower comes forward, claims U.S. Attorney David Weiss was not allowed to make 
key decisions in Hunter Biden case. Now, let me just set up the dynamic for you in Washington, especially Washington, but really nationally. Politics is often defined by the job you currently have as opposed to the job you want. That's why you see Chris Christie, the, uh, the former governor of New Jersey, running for president because he is on a vengeance mission against Donald Trump. Why? Well, here's, I'll give you the brief take on that. Trump, uh, <laughs> Trump was able to wrap Christie around his little thing. Hey, Chris, you know, look, it's not working for you. Why don't you come on with us? And so Christie goes after Marco Ruby. It wasn't a tough job, but Christie, with that New Jersey-like heckling ability, takes apart Marco Rubio in one of those 2016 debates. Then Christie drops out of the race, endorses Trump. Trump and those guys say, yeah, Chris, we're going to put you in charge of transition. Big job awaits you. Let me tell you what's really going on. When Chris Christie was a U.S. attorney in New Jersey, he put Jared Kushner's old man in the slammer. Kushner, of course, is married to Trump's daughter. <laughs> they, put, they put Chris Christie on deep freeze. He ran that transition office for all of a nanosecond. They yanked him out of that and uh, gave the gig to Pence's staff. And there's old, there's old Chris waiting for a big job. But hey, Chris was not going to be Attorney General, not the thing about Jared's dad, but the thing about the fact that Chris, sadly, like so many uh, establishment Republicans, Chris Christie is an open borders pimp. He's as bad as Lion Paul Ryan, or I'm sad to say, uh, well, the, um, the former president for whom I expended a great deal of political capital won George W. Bush. Those guys are cool with open borders and amnesty. You cannot keep our country intact if you don't enforce the borders. And by the way, when we're talking about all the stuff going on and ignoring our borders... Hey, that's mission accomplished for the bald-headed rat, Alejandro Mayorkas, the so-called Secretary of Homeland Security. The Biden gang is open. We, we don't have a southern border. It is invasion-arama. And you are getting military-aged single men from around the world, not just from Mexico, ominously from communist China coming into the country. Sure, come on in. Who knows who's come in from the Middle East? I hope I'm wrong. I wrote a book about it 15 years ago, whatever it takes. I went with the border patrol along the mountainous border between the United States and Mexico, flying over. It's really interesting. There are small obelisks that 
resemble mini M-I-N-I Washington monuments that denote the border between the U.S. and Mexico on those mountain ranges, on those mountain buttes. Tough for you and me to walk up, but Mujahideen from Afghanistan? A Sunday picnic. No fence has ever been put up there. And, of course, the Biden gang stopped the fence right now. But let me tell you, going back to the New York Post editorial that I highlighted for you at the end of Hour One, well, today's editorial echoes what Speaker Kevin McCarthy said yesterday on Fox and Friends. Take a listen to clip three. By July 6th, because of the allegations from the IRS, because of the whistleblowers and the DOJ, are, are Garland, what he is saying and what David Weiss are saying privately are two different things. Right. And if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the attorney general. Well, it- impeachment inquiries on the attorney general. Steve Ducey going to hop in right there because that's big news. Now, Speaker McCarthy offered that he slid in a couple of qualifiers. But let me give you my honest opinion. And I was headed there before I gave you that little story about the border and, uh, and Chris Christie. As I mentioned, Chris Christie is running for president to exact revenge on Donald Trump. Merrick Garland, as Attorney General, likewise wants to exact revenge on Donald Trump because the election of Donald Trump kept Merrick Garland off the United States Supreme Court. Merrick Garland, in my opinion, is a spineless lickspittle who is more than happy to do the bidding of the Bidens, including misleading Congress. Here's the deal on that. You lie to Congress, you're committing perjury. And if Merrick Garland has lied to Congress, now look, this is what makes impeachment different. It's not taking the case and going to the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. Forget about that, by the way. Remember, the district exists as, well, it's the Federal Capital District. Who lives there? Well, people who have an interest in seeing government grow. They hate conservatives. Which makes Ronald Reagan's landslide in 1984... So significant, realize that Ronald Reagan carried the District of Columbia. Richard Nixon, with his big 72 win, didn't even do that. Nixon lost D.C. and Massachusetts. The only state that Ronald Reagan lost was Walter Mondale's native state of Minnesota. You go to impeachment, and this is not like, see what happens a lot of times knowing the political environment in the District of Columbia? 
you forward a criminal complaint on to the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, they'll just sit on it. You'll never get a jury to take care of it. So more often than not, that type of case is pursued in civil court. But when you're dealing with impeachment, when you're dealing with, and perjury is a high crime, the House will vote to impeach. Now the Senate, the Senate is another matter with a cackling Kamala there to, uh, to cast a vote to uh, hand things over, always prevail for a narrow Democrat majority. But you wonder if old Joe Manchin, you wonder what else goes on on the Democrat side. Are there some Democrats who actually would act out of principle? And can the Attorney General vote to convict? The House, it'll be a simple majority. Uh, the House can vote to impeach. Then the trial takes place in the U.S. Senate. And while it's doubtful, it's still possible that uh, Merrick Garland could be convicted. It's possible. It's not probable. When we come back, more on the United States Senate. Specifically, Arizona's favorite son, who served there so long and so well, and the sound advice he offered. I call it the Goldwater Rule. You'll find out what that is when we come back. It's J.D. for Todd, Hayworth for Schnitt. You're listening to a Schnittless Schnitt Show. Stay with me. This is Schnitt. Every day at Schnittshow.com. 1-800-801-8999. If you're looking for me on social media, LinkedIn.com, J period, D period, H-A-Y-W-O-R-T-H. Say you want a link, we'll get linked up, and then you can uh, find your courage and your candor behind your computer keyboard and react that way to what is transpiring in the news. You have heard about the golden rule all your life. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The Goldwater rule was made clear to me in later life. Uh, I, wow. When you think about where I am now chronologically and the fact that I came to Arizona in 1987, <laughs> mercy, before my 30th birthday, but I had occasion, it was my great and good fortune to cross paths with former Senator Barry M. Goldwater. 
And uh, the Goldwaters traced back the Goldwassers, Big Mike was the patriarch out in Arizona. Uh, Michael Goldwater came out and started uh, basically a mercantile, uh, what became a department store, Goldwaters. First in the territorial, territorial capital of Prescott, then when Phoenix became the uh, state capital and everybody started moving to Phoenix, Goldwaters was a prominent store. In fact, it was still in business as Goldwaters when I got here. And based on that background in retail, a lesson Barry Goldwater learned there, he shared with me, he said, never start a letter with I. Always start it with Y-O-U. You asked me about this. You had a question about this. Here's what I found out. And so that's what I try to keep in mind. Not narcissistic I, but Y-O-U and your concerns. When we come back, RFK Jr. This is the Schnitt Show. Although today, I guess you might call it a schnitless schnit list, since this is a schnitless schnit show. Know what I said? Schnitless. Hopefully not witless. Recovering United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth with you. Uh, checking in via social media with the instant message feature at LinkedIn.com. It is Matt. Checking everything out from North Carolina. I mentioned the name Bobby Kennedy. He instantly thought of Joe Rogan's recent podcast. And uh, Matt writes, he's listened to the bulk of it. He's going to finish listening to it. But what impresses him about RFK, and maybe this is in contrast to the incumbent Democrat president, uh, old Joe Biden just can't seem to remember anything, but <laughs> RFK Jr. named names, names dates. The conversation centered around his so-called anti-vax stances back when he was suing coal companies for mercury. Appreciate the comments, Matt. Uh, I, I would point out, here is my theory of RFK Jr.'s appeal. First of all, he's a Kennedy. Now, uh, I knew his brother, Joe, and uh, the resemblance, you know, uh, RFK Jr. looks like a bigger version of his dad, Joe Kennedy, uh, we served on banking and financial services together my first term. And when you debate Joe, it was like looking across at, um, well, kind of a combination of JFK and RFK, but with the kind of, should I call them spit? I don't know, the kind of hair that's, you know, kind of. No, in the South we say long hair. No, not being a long hair, but the stylishly 
kind of mod, curly, like, yeah, spit curls, I guess. Uh, so so uh, Joe had that look. They have the Kennedy look. They have the Kennedy name, but my take on RFK Jr.'s appeal is that RFK Jr. is to the Democrats what Donald J. Trump meant to Republicans. By that I mean they are both disruptors. On another podcast, uh, the one hosted by uh, Bill Mayer, uh, you know, the guy who did politically incorrect and all that stuff. One thing I'll say for Bill, he, um, he, uh, he is a, he's an honest liberal like Dershowitz. Bill, it's Marr, isn't it? Not Mayor. Bill Marr. Bill Marr says of all this mind control, all this anti-First Amendment, all this canceling, wait a minute, what are you folks doing? That is not the culture and heritage of a true liberal. Heck, a, a shout out to Jonah Goldberg, right? Lucy, the late Lucy Ann's son. Remember years ago, Jonah wrote that book, liberal fascism and even though Jonah's not not a Trump fan I will tell you his writing back then came to fruition at any rate with Bill Maher RFK Jr. is happy to point out the relationship how the Dems got all cozy with Big Pharma back in the days of Obamacare and RFK Jr. takes strong exception to the so-called media fact checkers who say Republicans, they still are claiming Republicans get more campaign dough from Big Pharma than do Democrats. Take a listen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This is cut four. My understanding is that Democrats, and this is what I said, Democrats prior to the Affordable Care Act, before, prior to the battle of the, of the Affordable Care Act, were reluctant to take pharmaceutical money. And so Republicans were getting more money than them. And after the Affordable Care Act, or during that battle, it became permissible suddenly for Democrats to take pharmaceutical money because the because the pharmaceutical the, the Obama administration okay. made a deal with the pharmaceutical industry to support the bill. So today, I, I believe they're wrong. Today, I believe that Democrats are getting more money from pharma than Republicans. But which bingo! Now listen to that. In its own way, it's like Trump's disruption and I'll I won't forget it 2016 debate Greenville South Carolina prior to the South Carolina Republican primary where Trump called out the Bush inertia during the second Gulf War with reference to Iraq and Afghanistan and Trump's message, certainly not, uh, not 
prose that was poetic. But ba- so what we get? What we get for that time? We didn't get uh, Iraqi oil. We got a bunch of dead of dead soldiers, brave guys we lost. And in his own way, he was lamenting the lack of resolution, and he was making the point that if you're not going to win, why go? Now it's been interpreted, oh, Trump is anti, oh, well, he's anti-deep state. In fact, deep state was not a part of our vocabulary until Trump started blowing the whistle, and then you and I saw with our own eyes go to uh, go to 2020. 50 intelligence experts say the Hunter Biden laptop is a plant, a Russian plant. We all know now that was a bald-faced lie. And in his own way, RFK Jr. represents a Democrat disruptor blowing the whistle on the cozy relationship the Dems have with Big Pharma. And when you are able to do that in this day and age, you create a following. It worked for Trump. Will it work for RFK Jr.? Well, the other night on uh, Fox News Tonight, that, that place filler since uh, Fox told Tucker Carlson to take a hike. Oh, by the way, next hour we'll talk about the shuffle in the lineup at Fox for primetime and what they're going to do, among other subjects. Marie Harf, a part of the D.C. establishment, a Democrat who, uh, who shows up on Fox, Marie Harf basically barfs at the idea that RFK Jr. is mounting a credible challenge to Joe Biden. Listen to Cut 5. No primary on the Democratic side. I promise you, Kennedy is not actually going to get 20% in any primary. And, you know, elections are tough. These are these are choices. They feel good about Joe Biden at the top of the ticket and everything he's gotten done, especially compared to the alternative. Whoa, whoa, Marie. Take a look at the polling. You've got Democrats as well as Republicans saying a second Biden term would be a disaster. And Dems don't want Biden. The question becomes... When does the complicit media really become the partisan media going, how do we save our favorite guys on the left? We got to get rid of old Joe. When does that happen? And can it happen electorally? I would submit to you that yes, it can. Now, the Dems have tried to change their calendar. Given old Joe's difficulties in states like Iowa and New Hampshire, 
Remember, Joe put away the nomination in South Carolina. So they've been working with Congressman Jim Clyburn, the guy who delivered South Carolina by delivering black Democrat voters for Biden in 2020 in the nomination process. Team Biden, and uh, since they control the Democrat Party, is trying to say, hey, the only primary, the only thing that's going to count is South Carolina. Everything else is a beauty contest. Now, maybe, maybe they've tinkered with the rules. It's always interesting to see the party, uh, well, they, they insist on Democratic. But it always seems that they're more than happy to short-circuit the Democratic process. But the fact remains, a natural inflection point would be the Iowa caucuses, and, and even more compelling would be the New Hampshire primary. And you see, RFK Jr. doesn't have to win. Remember RFK Sr.'s friend and sadly they grew estranged because of what happened in 1968. Let me take you back to the late, great 1968. In New Hampshire, first primary in the nation, no Iowa caucuses back then. Lyndon Johnson is the incumbent president elected by a landslide over my favorite Arizonan, Barry Goldwater. In 1964, fast forward four years, first the midterms of 66, Republicans had a huge year, did not take over the House, but had a, a good crop of GOP congressmen. That was a harbinger of what was to come in New Hampshire. Lyndon Johnson got 60% of the vote. But over 30%, as I recall, went to Senator Eugene McCarthy of Minnesota. LBJ does, uh, back when presidents would do uh, nationwide addresses on the three networks, talking about Vietnam, and he slips in at the end, I shall not seek, nor will I accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. Wow, you talk about huge news. That was delivered by McCarthy, not defeating LBJ, but exceeding expectations. Now, when Marie Harf tells us that, that, uh, that RFK Jr., he's not popular with 20%, of Democrats. 20% is his high point. So what happens if he pulls 30% in New Hampshire? Inquiring minds want to know. And I'll tell you what will probably happen in this day and age when we come back. That's straight ahead. JD for Todd, Hayworth for Schnitt. This Schnittless Schnitt Show continues. This is the Schnitt Show.
Ladies and gentlemen, we take pride in presenting Schmidt. Now, you may have heard me before the break point out what went on in the late, great 1968 on the Democrat side. LBJ, the incumbent president, technically wins that primary in a landslide. But Senator Eugene McCarthy of Minnesota, the kids were, the, the, the slogan was, get clean for Gene. Cut your hair, shave your beard, put on a nice shirt, go door to door for Gene McCarthy. And McCarthy garnered over 30% of the vote in New Hampshire. So LBJ gets out of the race. Is it possible that something similar could happen? Well, only if this coincides with it. Only if uh, the, <laughs> the Department of Justice and the FBI start doing their job. Only if the judge who is the sentencing judge in the Hunter Biden lips uh, <laughs> wrist slap, the sentencing, the minor probation for tax evasion, and that weapons charge, only if that judge says, hold on a minute, only if pressure is brought to bear, and it could happen, that uh, the currently the complicit press but always and forever, 99.44% of the time, the partisan press, always leaning to the left, if they decide that uh, Joe's got to go. But there's that guy that Joe served as vice president, Barack Obama, living over in the Colorado section of Northwest Washington. Remember what he said when he was going out so expansive? Well, hey, it'd be nice if I could just have a little transmitter and whoever's sitting in the White House had, a, had an earpiece and I told him what to do, but it doesn't work that way. Well, apparently it does. Biden's senility, Biden's, uh, well, brain damage, sad, no way to sugarcoat it, he is like a marionette. How many times do you hear him? I'm oh, not going to like it as I go off script. My view, my opinion, the powers that be, Barack Obama, George Soros, you take your pick of the globalists, they know that Biden can be handled. Whether it's direct orders or not, he's doing what they want. He's trying to take away our freedoms. And next hour, Obama, wait till you hear what he says about more change and about democracy. You'll hear it next hour. And so don't go away. It's JD for Todd. Please stay tuned. The Shit Show.